0: Don't worry, you're not confused. It's Monday, but we have a special episode of Echo Chamber for you today, right? So today we will be looking at a new film and speaking to um, one of the stars of that film, right? Now the film's dropping on Thursday, so um, as a request, we we're putting this out early. Alright people, so um, yeah, hope you enjoy, let's get into it, okay? So people use films for a whole heap of different things, right? Sometimes it's to tell a life story, right? tell of experience, sometimes it's to get across, you know, an idea, a concept that they've had for ages, you know, sometimes it's adapting other people's work, right, so, it would seem for Tony Vidal, it's a a cathartic way to um, get through something, right, so, Yeah, Tony has used his new film to do that, right? So, Tony Fidel, he is the director, um, he's the producer, the writer of Free Bird, right? Um, The cinematographer is Ryan uh, Castaneda, editor Robin Lee, music composer is Dan Radler. And it's got a great cast. Alright, so we've got Raymond J. Barry who plays Harry Bird. Alright, you've got um and you probably recognise that name as well, people. So you should because Raymond J. Barry, whoo! He has been in some of your favorite. Films and TV shows Then there's Randy Nazarene Who plays Jay Butler We've got Shondella Avery, she plays Red Uh, You have got Tok Tok Tom Abuzari She plays Gemini Uh, Jeannie Young Plays Blossom And Taruko Nakajima plays Iris, and, um, yeah, they all, uh, they all travel with Red, we've then got Bod- Bob Tuton who plays Charles Bird, who is Harry's son, um, yeah, you've got, um, Betany Devin, she plays Aunt Evelyn. That's Jay's aunt. And um, we've got Michael Ray Wisely, he plays George. Uh, Jennifer Proctor plays Libby. And Nina Jordan plays Catherine. Michael Ching plays Jimmy Wu. And Michael Asbury plays Elder, the Elder Care Manager. Right, so um, the uh, gist of the film, people, is um, is this okay? So, meet Jay Butler, a lovable underachiever who works as a van driver at an assisted living community, and Harry Bird, right, who is being kicked out of the community for general. Irresassibility. At the behest of the home, Harry's three willful children, Jay is assigned to drive Harry to a new home. But all is not smooth travels, and along the way, the duo endure a variety of misadventures, including being picked up by a troop of burlesque dancers led by the incomparable red and performing an impromptu comedy act in front of a live audience. It proves to be an entertaining and enlightening journey for both men who need some new perspectives on life. Right, so um yeah this film it's it's about kind of loss and coming to terms with, you know, bad relationships, and this time it's not, you know, relationships with the opposite sex, no, this is father-son relationships, right, so, um, yeah, Harry, you know, he's, um, yeah, he hasn't got the best situation going with his kids, right, and then there's Jay, so Jay, he's estranged from his dad, so, um, yeah, they're both going through these two things, and as mentioned, right, so, um, Tony Vidal, he, um, he has used this film to, you know, get through his own situation, and he said himself, right, I wrote the screenplay for Freebird, the year my father died. I was seeking to portray the challenges and redemption of a father-son relationship. In Free Bird, Jay Butler's father dies suddenly without his having a chance to reconcile a lifelong estrangement. In his road trip with 80-year-old Harry Bird, Jay befriends an elder who has issues with his own children. Over the course of their unexpected Quirky and even spectacular journey They bond and heal each other's father-son wounds For me, quality filmmaking is a balance Between entertainment and enlightenment I believe that people naturally turn to stories To make sense of life So there needs to be a core theme That is truthful and insightful At the same time, a story needs to work on the surface level of sheer entertainment. Key aspects of this are great characters, humour and emotion. Besides the challenge of creating a compelling story, there are the myriad practical challenges Sometimes it's reading challenges. Practical challenges of putting together a film production. Ranging from casting to physical production, editing, music and so much more. Then there's financing, distribution to make Freebird at all. We did it on a low budget in our own backyard. Utilising the natural beauty of Northern California the local film community, and other resources too numerous to mention. We somehow managed to make this movie, the film God smiled on us, and it turned out remarkably well. Yeah, so, um, you know. Oh, and I mean, he did also mention. My hope is that this small human-scaled movie about real-life issues manages to delight and inspire. Enjoy so i think with this right it's it's an interesting film from the fact of right it's not like your drama that you you know that you might see nowadays right it it it's not really going down that route here this is more akin to, um, you know, a 70s, 80s kind of comedy, right, you think, something along the lines of, um, you know, parenthood, right, think parenthood, think, um, like, hairspray, the great outdoors, dirty rotten scoundrels, you know, stuff like that right, slightly over the top, right, hammed up, you know what I mean, situations that you're just like, say what, (laughs) how the hell would they get into that, how is that gonna work out, right, you know, you, you, you wouldn't think, all right, that, yes, these characters are going to be doing that, they're gonna, you know, jump into that situation, right, so, you know, it's not as much be- completely believable, but it's amusing, right? Because everything is, as I said, look hammed up a little, played in that comedic, lent tilt, even, right? And um, yeah, I feel that's what Free Bird is. I mean, that's what it kind of came across for me, you know. We've got um yeah, a lot of voiceover stuff, right? You're you're you know being told what's going on, right? So Jay is do we get this from Jay's perspective. You know, he's like, Hey, so um hey, I started doing this and blah blah blah. You know I mean? It's that kind of thing. That's what we're getting. And Jay is the more Barbose of the two you know you would probably i i think it's probably fair to say you know um which is fine you know what i think once you understand what the film is it it plays it plays in that fashion that you can get behind it you know like you you shouldn't be expecting something um i don't know uh, uh, something too serious here it, It's it's not It's not that it, It's not like a sideways Or um, <laughs> You know what I mean Or even a Little Miss Sunshine No it, it, It's not really that But that's fine Not every film needs to be All serious And you know You you can see that These two characters even though they get off to a rocky start They are I think they're using each other To get through You know, these situations that they found themselves in Although it, it takes a little while Right? Definitely takes a little while because Yeah, Jay's a little bit You know <laughs> He's a bit stuck in his predicament, right? But I think if you can um yeah view it in the right way, yeah, I think you'll enjoy Freebird, right? I would say this is more your family pick. You know, it's it's not offensive. I don't think they use any swear words. Right, there's a lot of hex, you know, oh gosh, right, so, yeah, th- this is one of those films that you can, you could throw on with your, you know, with your kids and and watch, and they'll chuckle at the ridiculous stuff that's going on, you know, it, it, it's that film, which, hey, that's cool, right, because, yeah, a lot of times, you can't you can't sit down with the whole family and watch something, right? Because of either it's the content or the language. It's a little bit too much, you know? But, yeah, so it, it's nice to have those films that, you know, can work for everyone. And, um yeah, that's Free Bird. Because even the burlesque, it's not crazy. It's nothing crazy. So, yeah. You're, you're fine on that front, okay? <laughs> but, yes, this will be available, people. You know? It's out there. It's available from Thursday the 1st of April. So, if you just go to your favourite VOD, right? You'll be able to, you know, grab a digital copy in... um. SD or HD So There you go people Free Bird The new film from uh, Director Tony Vidal And Starring people Starring You know we've got um, As mentioned Randy Nazarene Shondella Avery Bob Tutton and the great Raymond J. Barry. So whether you've got you know issues with your dad, right? Hey, it could be your mum, right? You can flip the roles in this. You know, I mean, it's easy is a simple thing to do, right? Or you just want a, you know, a laid back family, you know, comedy film that you can watch. Free Bird could be that film for you people. So yeah, first of April, it's out. Go enjoy. Okay, people. So that's the review. Now, as promised. Here's a great conversation that I had with one of the stars of the film, Harry Bird himself, Raymond J. Barry. So, people, this is a long one, right? Normally, you don't get this amount of time with someone. So, um, yeah, much respect to, um, you know, Raymond for, uh, you know, I talking for so long. People, hope you enjoy. Here you go.
1: The thing that's easy about these things is that you can't. All you do is say the truth. <laughs> oh, well, what, I mean,
0: but, look, but I think the thing is, is uh, there's a lot of people that don't, right? Right. It, you know, you, I think conversations with people is is great. Right, but yeah. you need to be open, and sometimes people don't really want to be fully open and have um, oh. that, you know, just honest conversation. Right.
1: Well, that makes things uh, uh, complicated, and uh, <laughs> I'm too yes. damn old to make things complicated. <laughs> you ask me a question, I'll answer it, baby.
0: <laughs> fantastic,
1: <laughs> yeah. fantastic.
0: So, um. Yeah, Raymond J. Barry, the star of um yeah, a new up-and-coming film, right? You yeah. have um Free Bird. Free Bird, right? So you've had an incredible career so far, and you don't seem to be slowing down, right? What's um what's keeping you going, right?
1: Um when I'm not acting. I paint or write I'm writing a novel now I've written an anthology of plays I, the point being uh, I keep myself very busy uh, I'm not waiting by the phone for somebody to give me a call <laughs> you know sort of sm- smoking a joint and getting stoned all day uh, you know I'm busy I'm busy you know what I mean and then somebody will call and I'll do a film and I enjoy it. Uh, I'm not all uptight and nervous. I learned my words. Uh, I say them accurately. Thank God I have a good memory. I did all that uh, theater, you know. So with theater, if you do a play, you, uh, you're doing literature. Mm. So you have to say the words accurately. By the time I came out here, I had done 23 years in New York City doing all stage, and I was so used to learning the words accurately and being on stage for two hours reciting, you know, dialogue or monologue, that when I came and, and did movies, I, I realized that this is like a cakewalk. The scene is like two minutes long and you shoot it 15 times and they take the, they select the best version and you know, it's like, what is this, you know? But I say the words accurately and, and directors and writers appreciate it. I've worked on film where guys don't know the words and they're paraphrasing and the, the words change all the time. So you have to stay on, on your toes and meantime, I'm trying to stick by the script and, uh, you know, the directors actually appreciate that uh, and writers. particularly.
0: Mm. Oh, I'd imagine. I don't. But that must be super just annoying. You've learned your lines and the person you're, you're reading with just can't so uh, it,
1: it, in yeah. some cases, that's true. I won't mention any names, but <laughs> I, I I know a guy who's actually a movie star with whom I worked, uh, and um, he never gave the same line. Uh, uh, every take was different. The words were different, so it meant that I had to stay on my toes, mm. and uh, I. I was accurate with the words, but it, it, you know, it was what it was. It was no big deal to me. I did my thing, you know. Um, Yeah. You know.
0: (laughs) You've been a mainstay of TV, movies, you know, the theater. What for you has um, been the most enjoyable?
1: The most enjoyable? The most enjoyable thing I would say was writing my own plays and doing parts which I wanted to do. Like for example, I wrote a play called Once in Doubt. I did 400 performances of it all over the country. Uh, You know, New York, uh, Portland, Oregon, every state, you know, I did it for years. Uh, I played an artist. And nobody will cast me as as an artist in movies. They cast me as a heavy or some kind of evil dude or a cop or, you know, a a bereaved father. Um, That's cool. I'll play those roles, but I wanted to play an artist because I am an artist. I paint, I, you know, Mm. I've been painting since I was 23 years old, that's 50 years. You know, it's a lot of pain. And I, I I I'm serious about it too. You know, I had a show about maybe six months ago right here in Los Angeles. Are they your pieces behind you? Say what? Are they
0: your pieces behind you?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh uh yes, actually. uh, uh yeah, I'll show you, man. You see those uh, pl- those pieces? Yeah. There? Vibrant, man. That's uh, some nice looking stuff. Yeah, it's sophisticated work. It's real, you know. Uh, I'm serious about it, you know. And also, you see over there, a sculpture in the corner there. You see that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a wooden sculpture, which I carved. It's six feet high. (laughs) I carved that mother myself. How long did that take you? God knows. <laughs> <laughs> I would say over a year. Oh, that I is... had a storefront in New York at that time. I was sleeping on a mattress on a storefront. Uh, <laughs> I rented it for 48 bucks a month. And I, I brought these logs in from upstate New York and I carved them up and made them into sculptures. And... Uh, There's another one over here. I wonder if I can show it to you. All right, let's. Let's see. Uh, Oh shit! (laughs) I think I screwed up.
0: Oh, what have you done? Huh? What what's happened, Ray?
1: Ah, screwed up. Hey, Manon. Yeah. Would you help me here? To press oh you just click do you see the zoom um symbol right here you click that oh you're smart this is my little girl <laughs> thank <laughs> she, you <laughs> she, too, she got us back together again i got four kids that one that is that must 12. keep you in your toes <laughs> she's 12 i got a 47 year old A twenty-seven-year-old, a twenty-year-old, and a four-year-old, and a twelve-year-old. Huh? All the seats. Still shooting bullets,
0: baby. (laughs) 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 Well, yeah, four four must be enough to keep you occupied, I'd say.
1: Yeah, you know, I'll tell you something. Wait, wait for one second, okay? Okay. Look. Oh. I carved that baby. Damn. You see that hand? Yeah, that's impressive. I carved that out of wood.
0: (laughs) That is, yeah, that's nice, man. Yeah, it's cool, right? Yeah. Like, I've got a friend, his name's Chris, Chris Cooper. And he, he started doing like wood sculptures and woodwork. Just a yeah. few years ago and I think the, from what he started to what he's doing now it's incredible he's doing some great work yeah it's
1: um it's a great medium mm. yeah I, I don't I find... I'm not doing it right now I'm just painting okay uh, uh that's all right how long do you stay in the studio say what
0: how long do you kind of give yourself in the studio to um, do this
1: stuff. I paint every day for eight hours. And particularly now. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> the Pandemic has put a, a cramp on the work, you know. Mm. I do have a movie opening. I got two movies opening. Isn't that too much? I'm 82 years old, I got two movies opening. <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah. hey, I feel like long a dirty old man. It. Hey, it
0: seems to keep you young, so keep yeah. doing it, man.
1: Yeah, I got two, I got one movie called Free Bird coming out. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the movie. that's why we're interviewing. Yeah, yeah. Right? That, that's one. And the other is called Filthy Animals. Oh, yes, 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 yes,
0: yes, yes.
1: Yeah. Um, and that's in the near future whatever, you know, life goes on. You know, when I first started being in the movies, I thought, oh boy, wowee. And now I've done, God knows how many dozens of films, maybe, I don't know, 70 films or something like that. It's a lot. And it, a lot. it feels like, okay, it's cool, but <laughs> you know, it's not the end all of everything.
0: You know what it is
1: love. Ah, that's Period. what I hear, right?
0: That's what I hear.
1: Love. <laughs> that's the big one. I've been married 31 years to the same woman. Impressive. And I I love it. It's so incredible. It goes through transformation and transition and it starts. It, it's one thing and then it goes into another form of understanding and uh, in terms of wanting to live it's very significant to love someone and you know if you have kids man you love the kids and uh, you know it's like it gives you a reason what do you think I want to live to make more movies bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? I want to live for my kids, you know, and my wife.
0: How did you meet your wife? Say what? How did you meet your wife, Ray?
1: Oh, uh, we were in an acting class together. Uh Run lines with you. (laughs) Well, you know, she was very attractive and and very talented, and I was me, and uh, I... I was fresh in Los Angeles and I just wanted to be around actors. So I took a class with a man named uh, Ken McMillan who has died uh, decades ago. And uh, I just wanted to be acting, Mm. you know? I wanted to be, have my hand in it because I didn't know what to expect when I came out here. And it turned out pretty good, you know? Just a little, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're in London now? Yeah, right. Gosh, well, what, what, what do you do for money?
0: <sighs> well, during this pandemic, not a lot. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I hear that.
0: <laughs> it's kind yeah. of, a, you know, the kibosh on a lot of the things I was doing. But, you know, yeah. normally I'm uh, marketing and communications
1: oh okay mm. all right yes. yeah <laughs> I liked London when I performed there you know there was a, a guy named Frank Rodham whom who I he directed a movie that I did called K2 oh gosh yes and we shot it in Canada in the snow, and we lived in tents. And Frank is from London. And, you know, he put the whole project together. I mean, in, in terms of uh, storytelling, it's kind of simplistic. You know, they're gonna to get to the top of the mountain. Oh yeah. <laughs> And that's the story, right? <laughs> so it's like, okay, hurry up
0: you
1: It's mostly a movie about scenery. <laughs> you know, it was magnificent scenery. Mm. You know? Yeah, but
0: no, is yeah. I've, I've I've seen that film. I've yeah.
1: yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah, like I play uh, Clybourne. Uh, I'm in charge of the entire. Party, I'm the boss, you know. Uh, whatever, no big deal. <laughs> we 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 you know trotted through snow for I don't know how many weeks, maybe four weeks. Uh, but Frank is from London, you know. I I I like London. Not- I like the British. I do. I Think about it. The literature. My God. <laughs> literature. You know? I mean, my goodness. You know, uh, impressive stuff. Shakespeare. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny how these things have kind
0: of evolved and changed, right? Like, yeah. you know, back in the day, there was a few, just a few writers that people took note of. Right? and right now you know there's people from all over the world that you can pick up their books and you can you know look at their visions and their work and enjoy it it's kind of yeah it's crazy it's, it's crazy how things have developed and changed and the different forms of language and all of
1: that yeah. yes yes yeah, it's interesting so there was a time when England, uh, controlled half the world.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That was a long time ago. What was that statement? The sun never sets on English shores. <laughs> right. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Empires
0: yeah. never last. <laughs> I think mean, that's what we've seen.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And cause a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of issues along the way.
1: Oh, of course. Uh, (laughs) Of course. I mean, the United States has the same issues. Mm. Colonization, you know, the whole nine yards. uh, We have the same issues. But it's kind of like we had to have gone through it
0: because, you know, the the world just wouldn't be what it is today without all of that craziness. Yes. Because it moved people around the globe. It took different results like no one would know what tea was like you you might not have known what there's, you know some countries had ice you know they stayed within themselves for years
2: yes you know? yes so yes. it's just
0: like this kind of all these wars and craziness it opened the world up right yeah so, that's quite true yeah that's there's the downside to it all but then it's uh, also what it kind of brought to everyone.
1: Yes. In the case of the United States, unfortunately, we went through a period where we uh, had slavery. I mean, everyone had slavery. though. Well, in our case, we're still suffering from the uh, results of that. There's a, a racism in our country and it's a difficult we're going through uh, upheaval even now you know about these issues yeah and it's tough it's very very uh, uh poisonous the the racial uh, uh conflict that we have to we have to solve it And I think some people are trying. The media is uh, using, like in film and television, there are many more Black people, which I think is great.
0: It's it's opened
1: up dramatically. Opened
0: up. I I remember, like, just think, right? Back in the, gosh, it was the late 90s, right? Friends. Yes. Friends hit TV. One of the most popular shows on TV. Set in New York. Set in New York, yes. but not really any diversity on the show, which was insane. Right. And, and it's, it's a crazy thing. You could, you used to watch shows like that, which were in these melting pots of society, but you yes. were only ever shown one aspect of it. So now yes. the way things have changed is definitely improved. There's a long way to go, but you know, it's human yes. nature to hold people back. So it's never going to be perfect, right? And I think the the only thing that you can hopefully do is move the barriers. That's it. Move the barriers so then everyone's got the opportunity for stuff. They might not get it, but if as long as the opportunity is there, that will be, I think that will be something. And it's already... It's going in the right direction.
1: It's not perfect. I believe anymore. that. Yes, but, I believe yeah. that.
0: But it, yes. it, like, how do you
1: feel about award shows, Ray? About what kind of a show?
0: Like award shows, because you know, there's all this stuff about the Oscars and the Golden Globes, and um, you know, diverse. Oh,
1: award stuff. shows. Yeah, yeah. How do I feel about them? Mm. I don't feel anything about them. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I, I, anybody who wins an Oscar and stuff, I, I congratulate them. Uh, I've I've even um, gone to a couple of, I, I've been, I've won a few of those, uh, not an Oscar, but I, I, I won a Lifetime Achievement Award one time. Uh, I, and, you know, there were a lot of people there and I had to get up on the stage and, you know, say a few words and blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't know what I feel about them. I I certainly, uh, I feel apathetic to them. Mm. You know, Uh, they've been around forever. The Oscars every year. Uh, Anything I say or do is not going to obliterate them. I don't hate them. I, I congratulate, look, it's tough being an actor anybody who wins a highfalutin award I give them a pat on the back Uh, it gives them a little bit of self-satisfaction a little bit of notoriety in some cases you win an Oscar you go down in history for something whatever Um, I I have no animosity toward that whole thing Uh, I'm fine with it live and let live baby
0: well yeah it's a funny system because you see people complaining about them and going oh these things need to change these things need to do this but i'm just a bit like they've been around all this time it is it's not going to change to your liking so you either don't don't think about it or create something new Right. Because I think if everyone got together, created a system, introduced a, a, a way for people to select who they think is the best this year and what what and all of that business. Yeah, then then that can solve things. And then you can still have the Oscars and it's just another show. You bring something else in, but it doesn't have to be the be all or end all, you know? You know, I don't
1: care. i'll be perfectly honest with you i could care less about the oscars give me a break i got kids i gotta raise i got things that are important in my life i've done theater that has been political i i i've worked in prisons directing theater workshops i know uh the terrain of delving into areas of theater that matter. Mm. So the the friggin Oscars, well I don't care about those.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. Well I think you know, there's there's ways in which you can tell people enjoyed your work. There's more ways in which you know now. I think you can be in contact with people a whole lot more. So, you you know, these things, I think it loses its hold to an extent because, you know what I mean, like, if you can go online, right, you could probably go onto Instagram and, and talk to thousands of people and, you, you know, they've all enjoyed your work. Right. So you don't need to go to a ceremony, let's say, like once a year to find out, oh, do people like what I'm doing? You know, I mean? you can see that you can see the impact you've had more.
1: Yes. And, you know, I'll tell you something, man. I've been doing it so long that I'm I'm really pretty relaxed with it. I've been doing it for 60 years. <laughs> that is such a long it's time. It's true. It's kind of comical. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, it's fun. Mm. It's kind of fun. It beats working, I'll tell you that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, like, beats working. Right. After doing it for that many years, right? Right, yeah, so yeah. now, what, what's, what's a project got to do to kind of make you go, all right, I'll go do that. Right, what are you looking for? If I'm gonna send some scripts over to you right now, don't worry, oh, yeah. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna pass over you know what <laughs> mean, all, all my stuff and be like, right, read all my work. No, but if you were gonna read some scripts right now, what kind of things are you looking for?
1: I read the scripts knowing I will do anything. (laughs) (laughs) I am a whore. (laughs) I occasionally will be confronted with a character whom I adore. But it's not up to me what is presented. People will offer me this or that, you know, but, uh, and once in a while, I'll tell you about a movie, one one of my favorite movies okay. that I did. Uh, it was a movie called Year, um, Interview with the Assassin. Hmm. And it was made by a man named Neil Berger.
0: He yeah, wrote yeah, it yeah, and yeah, he
1: directed it. And it's about the alleged second gunman who shot President Kennedy and I played him <laughs> and it's the leading role in the movie. I love that character. Now, I don't want to shoot presidents. I don't want to <laughs> run around hurting people. but. I loved getting into the mentality and I I have a proclivity toward this type of character mm-hmm. I I know how to do that type of person and I had fun and I'm very proud of the finished product you know yeah. um, there is another uh, quit uh, a scene in Born on the Fourth of July when Tom Cruise comes home paralyzed. I play the father and I break down in tears and um, can barely speak. And um, I am very proud of that scene because of the vulnerability of it, the fragility that was involved. And I did it over and over and over for two hours, I did it. Brilliant. He took many, many takes and he came up to me, Oliver Stone came up to me afterwards and said to me, that was quite brilliant and I'll never forget it. I was so proud of my work and I still feel that way.
0: I mean, it's now, a sensational film.
1: Oh yes, it has a, a, a message that we all understand. Mm. And uh, my goodness, can you imagine your own child coming back from a war paralyzed from the waist down? What kind of horror is that? What kind of indictment for a young man? My goodness. Uh, and yet <laughs> it yeah. happens over and over again. Yeah. You know,
0: I mean, that's the thing about the film, because like, you know, that's Vietnam. It, was it, it was Vietnam, right? Yes. Yeah, so, um, you know, it doesn't matter what war it is, it still will always relate. You know, it's one of those stories that hold up.
1: You oh, know, yes. Throughout the years. Absolutely. Yes. It's one of those uh, universal messages uh, that happens to be contingent upon politics and, you know, what countries do to each other.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, having said all of this most of the stuff I have done I don't even remember what I did <laughs> <laughs> but as I said before it beats working I always have an intense fun time of it when I work you know. Uh, and here's another thing. I, th- there, there was a, a, a 30 year period in my career where I wrote my own plays. I'm not doing it right now. But at some juncture, I became aware of the fact that I wasn't satisfied with the characters that were being offered to me because very often they were uh, sort of uh, evil people, whatever. I began to write plays for myself and I had them all produced and I did them all over the country. And, you know, like I do 400 performances of Once in Doubt in which I played an artist. The point being that I took the bull by the horns and wrote my own characters and, you know, then a movie would come up. Sometimes the movie would come up because they saw me in one of my own plays you know but that uh, s- strengthened my chops and also gave me a choice about what kind of character i i did one character who was a uh, a transvestite i was curious yeah. i wanted to play a tra- i wanted to parade around a- in a dress in a play which i did for 2 hours and It was cool.
0: (laughs) I mean, if you did it right now, someone would complain. (laughs) They'd stop you from doing that right now, which is, yeah, a little crazy. Somebody
1: complained because it was politically incorrect, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I don't know. I thought it was pretty good, actually. Uh, Actually, it was about male violence and, uh, the guy had uh, punched his wife and she died oh, and as soon as she, uh, he he started walking around the house in her dresses and and because he put the dress on and he could talk to her right yeah yeah, yeah 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 You see what I mean And he would talk out loud to his dead wife whom he killed. Mm. I mean that and makes it, sense though oh yes it, it was actually a dark play and it was uh there was something about it that was uh it it got great reviews and i loved walking around the house in a dress because <laughs> usually you know people relate to me like i'm some kind of macho guy right <laughs> <laughs> i love to challenge that
0: But <laughs> well, i think that's Acting, right? I think that's I think that's the key thing with a lot of stuff. You have to put yourself out of your comfort zone. If you keep you on doing go. the thing that you're used to, it yes. you become blunt, right? So you I mean, need to. It's shut
1: that you right. point that out because you're assuming. That I was uncomfortable wearing a dress. <laughs> Actually, I was quite comfortable. <laughs> I, maybe I moved into my comfort zone instead of out of it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, it's probably
1: not as restrictive as a shirt and trousers, right? (laughs) You know what what it reminds me of? When I I was first acting in college, I was a football player at Brown University. Uh, Wait, when
0: you say football, are we talking this, uh, you know... Bastardization of the true sport, <laughs>
2: exactly.
1: But yeah. you American ball. American, <laughs> American football. So I go with, I, I, I some professor comes up to me and says, "You want to be in a play? We're doing William Inge's play called Picnic, and there's a character in it for a football player." And I, I said, "I don't do that." And he said, "We'll come to my class." So I I go to the class and I like the class and I did the play and I was awful in it. But uh, when I'm doing a play, all the football players are sitting in the back row laughing their asses off. Because they see, because I was actually a decent football player, you know what I mean? And here I am trying to act. (laughs) And they thought it was so funny, you know. They're looking, about, you know, that type of thing. Uh, that was the beginning of my journey, right? <laughs> uh, Whatever.
2: I, I didn't, they- care.
1: I was, I was genuinely interested in it. Mm. You know, I, I had a mother uh, who, oh, I'll tell you something cool. Okay. My mother was uh, a painter, a published writer. When she was 61 years old, she wrote me a beautiful letter. And uh, I was writing my own play and uh, called Blue Heaven. And uh, the letter she wrote to me would fit perfectly into the play. So I invited her to sit on stage and read the letter while the play is going on. She's 61 years old at that time. Not only she did she do it, she memorized the letter and performed the letter, after which I directed her in two more plays, after which I got her an agent, Jerry Kahn in New York, She did 20 movies, small parts, (laughs) soap operas, commercials. She acted from age 61 to age 88. And she died when she was 94. And when she first went on stage one night, she came backstage and she said, oh, Raymond. I was so nervous on stage, but I loved it. <laughs> I would have done this when I was twenty had I known. <laughs> that was How my great mother. Is that? You Isn't mean, that too too much, huh? Oh man.
0: But like hearing things like that is great because you realize it's not too late to try stuff.
1: Yeah, I have a whole chapter. I I just published a a memoir. Uh, First, it was on Amazon, but now I have a publisher for it. Okay. And one of the, and it's the name of the memoir is Never a Viable Alternative. Never a viable alternative. Okay, and this is a and it's on Amazon. Okay, it's is there an a-
0: audiobook version of it, Ray? No, oh Ray, not- you need to do that and read it yourself.
1: I hear you. Uh, I I haven't gotten to that point, but now another uh, publisher has picked up on it, and he's going to publish it. But there's a chapter in the memoir. About her influence on me, mm-hmm. because there was a very strong influence, and uh, she respected the arts, all all forms of art. And I grew up in that environment. I was an athlete. I was kind of a jock, but uh, I always was very close to my mother, and you know her uh, her priority for art self-expression somehow made an imprint as opposed to my father who was, you know, he went to work. There's nothing more to say about it. It's like a dull life, right? Uh, Blue collar type stuff, you know, Uh, and too much drinking and, you know, the whole nine yards, you know, Uh, not a very fulfilled existence. But You know, I became an actor because I preferred my mother's life to Mm. my father's life. You know, she was happy. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't. You know, Uh, it's really kind of interesting. And she lived to 94. He died when he was 71.
0: Well, they always say that, don't they? If if you are happy, it's going to extend you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to do what you want to do with your life. And you can't chicken out. You can't say to yourself, oh, I'm afraid. Uh, Or be afraid. It's okay to be afraid, but do it anyway.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, no, that's the thing, right? Because, listen, what's the worst that can happen in situations, right? I remember the first time I did stand up. Right. I um we do
1: stand up. I'm I'm trying,
0: right? Right. It, trying wow. to get stage time is a nightmare. Right. Oh. You you feel so um like
1: vulnerable. You
0: know, well, no, it's like listening to like American comics talk and the the fact that y- there seems to be more clubs where you can just go and do, but here it's basically all bringer shows. Right, so you need right. to convince your friends to come to these places, oh, and when they're midweek wow. and people are working, it's like I don't want to go out on a Tuesday night. I've got. Oh, work. right, right. You know what I mean? So it's just yeah. like come, come, listen to me. <laughs> you, know, you tell some jokes, and they're like, "Oh, I've got work. Oh. I'm tired." I and mean, you're like, "Come on, please come." <laughs> oh God, it, it's fun. interesting, but I went up and. I, I, it's funny because I was in the queue and I'm talking to this guy behind me and he's like, oh yeah, I'm the funniest dude. Everyone tells me I'm funny. I, yeah, it's great. And we, and we went one week and we didn't get through. And then the next week we both got on and he went before me and it did not go well. I felt so bad for him. Like oh. his jokes just weren't working and he kind of came off the stage early and it, it, I never saw him again. But I went up and I was just a bit like, ah, I didn't have any anything written down, right? I just had yeah. a few kernels of stories that I thought, oh, this could work, right? Yeah. And so I was just like, eh, fuck it. like what's the worst that could happen and I went up and I did the stuff and it I I got I got some laughs man and it was just like but it's the exhilaration of it all right the buzz that you feel from being there and every time I've done it since it's just that buzz right that you just be like Oh, you just feel energized. And once you've finished, yes. you're just like, I want to do it again. <laughs> like,
1: I yes, want to yes. Do it again. You know, what, what you're describing strikes me as the most frightening aspect of performing to get up by yourself and expect people to respond to your jokes. My <laughs> God, what courage that takes or insanity, <laughs> you know, I I could never do that.
0: Uh, no, see, but the thing is, right, you say you can't do that, but you stood in front of Oliver Stone and delivered some raw ass performance time and time again. So I think yeah. when you have to, you can
1: do it, you know? If my life depended upon <laughs> it, perhaps. <laughs> But, jeez, what a choice. And, and also comedians in the beginning of their career, they don't even make any money.
0: No, I mean, that's a funny thing because when you're standing outside clubs waiting to go in, you talk to oh. like all these different people and some people you'd be like, how long have you been doing this? They're like, ah, oh, for 30 years. And it's just like, Oh. Uh-huh. Okay, so you have to, you've been coming to like these bringer shows for 30, that's, man, that's tough, right? But but the fact that they keep on doing it is, there's something to that.
1: Yes, you have to respect that.
0: Yeah.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, whether they make it and become big or not, the fact that someone will brush themselves off, go back up there, is like... You know what I mean like it, like You you sit in the audience and you watch some people bomb, right? You watch them bomb, um, but to yeah. have the balls to stand up and do it, you wow. can't knock it. You can't go ah, you a rubbish. You know what I mean? Because it's just like, hey, they did more than what most people do. You know?
1: Yeah. Gosh. You know, I I see a bottle of champagne in back of you. <laughs>
0: uh yeah I I, I, yeah there was a point I thought I was going to there was one time and um I was speaking to a young lady and I thought like today like we planned this day and all of this and then I got blown out and so I was just like all right but I'll just drink it myself sometime (laughs) <laughs> so, well, once the world opens up again, I, I think I'll crack it open, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah.
0: So, Ray, what kind of... how do you get into a role, right? Because, like, the, just the the vast, like, variety of some of the stuff that you've done is ridiculous right it, it, it's kind yeah. of crazy so how do you get into these characters like free you know free bird you, know, you yeah. you're, you're this guy and you know you're getting transported to a new home like yeah what's the process for you
1: well there are two things that come to mind one is um i memorize the words very thoroughly. So there's no ambivalence about what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Now what that involves is hours of memorization during which time, uh, invisible thought process takes place because I not only am memorizing the words, I'm comprehending what they mean, Mm. I'm subliminally uh, imagining the setting, I'm subliminally imagining the intention of the actor, uh, of the character in that particular situation. So there's a lot of unconscious work going on while I'm doing, the simplistic drilling of words. Mm. Another thing that is happening is because I'm about to shoot or perform this character, no matter what I'm doing, if I'm painting a painting, I'm thinking, I, I don't have to force myself. I am thinking, I am touching base with that character in a very relaxed fashion, not a contrived fashion, a relaxed fashion where my mind is doing its work without trying. Um, the third ingredient is experience. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to prove anything anymore. That can get in the way. I enjoy what I do. And what that means is when I show up for work, I'm totally on top of the material. I have touched bases with the flavor of the scene I have touched bases with what the character wants in a very relaxed fashion, not uh, gripped, not willful, not uh, I gotta do it. There's nothing like that going on anymore. In my youth, that was very much a part of how I operated because there was a certain degree of desperation. I gotta do it uh, because I wanted so much to not have to work for the rest of my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wanted to play for the rest of my life. <laughs> and that's what acting is, it's play. It's play in the emotional sandbox of your character. It's fun, it's, uh, it also requires sensitivity, vulnerability, fragility, depending upon the character you're playing. Um, But the ingredient, I think, that makes it so enjoyable today is that uh, I am trying, but I feel I'm trying in the right way. I'm allowing my, my being to touch the character, to absorb the character, to I I give recognition to my natural intelligence as opposed to trying to force some kind of concept upon myself. I understand people. Why push it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that makes, it makes a lot of sense, right? Once you take the stabilizers off and just let yourself you know, start to coast, start to free, you know, you, you
1: kind of imbue yourself into these things. Here's the difference. I make it up while the camera is on me, as opposed to contriving it beforehand and trying to give some contrivance that I made up before we, sh- we started shooting, maybe yesterday or that morning, I don't present some memory of what I thought was right. I'm making it up now in front of the camera, now in present time, just the way we're doing as we're speaking. Mm. Yeah. And that is the key to make it up now. Mind you, you have to have the resources to do that. You have to study the character, you have to know the lines, you have to have a sensibility about what's required of the character, but you gotta leave all that alone. Mm -hmm. And then show up for work and let stimuli leave their imprint upon you and See what happens as opposed to knowing beforehand what happens. That's the difference.
0: Yeah, it's like a conversation, right? I think if you come in with set questions, we' I mean like, hello, Ray, uh, so um, what was the name of the first catch you have? Jerry, you know I mean? we're, we're then in a box, right We're, yes. we're very confined on where we're going to go. Exactly. but if you just open it up and just be free about it. You end up talking about sculptures and paintings and theater and all this rich, rich stuff that's fascinating, right? And I I think that's what, you see, that's how people get the best out of their stuff, right? When they're just free, you know?
1: It's a question of being in present time. Mm.
0: Yes, definitely.
1: And um, feeling confident about that, as opposed to having something you did in the past that you've prepared for this moment. <laughs> this interview has not been prepared for. I mean, I scripted my part. Like, <laughs> like
0: yeah, this is what I'm reading. I'm reading science
1: here. <laughs> well, I shaved. <laughs> and I took a shower.
2: <laughs>
1: it's impressive
2: uh, there, right? <laughs> 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 oh man. It,
0: it's um yeah, I, I kind of think, you know, talk, I, I enjoy talking to people like this because yes. You know, you find out all these fascinating things. And it's like I think you notice a difference, right? You can see sometimes these interviews, these conversations, and they're very scripted and they feel very full. Right. And it's like, you know, you come away and you'd be like, I don't know anything new here. Right? This is just all, you know, PR talk. This is just all, you know, hyperboil. Like, what's Where's the interesting information? So yes, I think yes. the, the, the thing I always wanna do is, yeah, let's just open this up, right? Let, let's just see where it's gonna take us.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. I, I Nothing like living in the moment.
0: Indeed, indeed. I, I, I think it's something that definitely passes some people by it it's like I go to concerts right and you're enjoying the music and then there's all these people filming it and it's just like but you're not experiencing it now yes when you get home yes you can watch a video but the video is not going to be the same as the energy in the room right now and so people people are getting so used to doing that Right, so you need to, yeah, disconnect and just be in the now, right?
1: Yes, yes, precisely.
0: Man, it's fun as hell.
1: <laughs> I'm in my eighty second year. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know how you do it, Ray.
0: I wake <laughs> up aging. <laughs> I wake up aging, and uh, you know you've got
1: it's 40. cool. It's, okay. it's cool. It really is. It really is cool. <laughs> uh,
0: like it, no, it's it, it's impressive that you're still, yeah, turning out these <laughs> these roles. You know, you're doing your thing.
1: Well, I probably could pass for seventy. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: you know, you know I, I'm the wrong person to ask right I've got bad eyesight man You could, you could tell me anything and I'll be like Yeah okay <laughs> I'll <I> believe it
1: <laughs> Yeah All you gotta do is Mean what you say Yes As an actor You gotta mean what you say mm-hmm. And I suppose
0: it doesn't hurt when you've got some burlesque dancers in um, the project that you're working on, right?
1: (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You know, as I said before, it beats working. And um, and yet uh, it's something that requires a great deal of um, concentration and all that, you know. It's a very curious animal. Oh, also I think actors uh, in the beginning of their careers, many actors, including myself, uh, were shy in the beginning and needed to find a way to gain uh, attention from large groups of people. Yes. I believe that is a common phenomenon, not a hundred percent, but I think that was true in my case.
0: Yeah, I I, I think it's something that you hear. A lot of people are like, um, you know, in their own lives, they're shy, but when you get to act, you're someone else.
1: So it frees
0: you up to be-
1: It protects you. You
0: can't be in the other aspects of life.
1: Exactly. Uh, There's a kind of uh, protection there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah
0: which is always an interesting, like, concept, you know, because you think if you could do that on stage, surely in your own life, you can be this huge character, but yeah, it just doesn't work like that all the time. No. <laughs> so um, are you, what are you working on now, right? Have you got like any paintings, sculptures, like
1: scripts? I wish we were in my studio. I could show you my new paintings. I'm, I'm, I'm working on two new paintings and uh, I'm also writing a novel. And uh, um, the novel is about um, a boy who's suspended from school for getting into a fight over a pair of sneakers. And um, he goes to, his father sends him to New York to work for a realty company. And he has to uh, do an apartment share, which he finds through Craig's list. And he shows up to the apartment and lo and behold, his roommate is a transvestite and he's horrified. And he's already paid the money in advance for the first month and he wants uh, to move uh, out. And um, long story short, the um, transvestite turns out to be a very kind person and very generous. And the boy begins to like her. And um, a relationship begins to form where uh, he begins to accept uh, Antoinette. Um, for being a nice person, a generous person who cooks meals for him, even bought him an outfit for his job uh, and certainly very kind, consistently kind. Mm -hmm. And uh, Antoinette uh, one night goes out and she's horribly beaten up by a bunch of homophobic redneck types broken jaw, broken uh, nose, uh, closed eyes, uh, bodily injuries. And the boy is put into this horrible situation where he, he has to nurse her back to health and take care of her. Mm-hmm. And um, during that period of time, he, he likes her And he feels terrible about what's happened. And he sees what hate can do. How violent hatred is. And they bond and become close friends. And he goes back to his college, enlightened about homophobia, racism, anti-Semitism, the lessons he learned from living with Antoinette are so valuable in terms of his understanding of life. Up to now, he was on the basketball team at his college and his teammates used the word faggot all the time. You know, what a faggot, and faggot this, faggot that. And, what are you, faggot? You know, that mm. type of macho uh, jock talk. And now he sees the ignorance of all of that. Yeah. Because of his experience. And that's what the book is about.
0: Man, I mean, yeah. That that sounds like a great story. And it's something that I think you you see a lot, right? People who are in like small towns and villages, you know, out of the big hubs, right? Yes, yes. You find that those spots aren't as diverse, so people haven't got the exposure to, you know, different minorities and genders and all of this, right? Yes. So, they, so they talk in a certain way, act in a certain way, but yes. it's more through ignorance than... Real oh, absolutely right! And once they start hanging with
1: people, then it's just like, "Oh, we're all oh, the same." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? You know, uh, when I was growing up, my mother was gay, so I and I was very close with her, mm. and she educated me. When did and you
0: find out? When did you kind of realize?
1: When I was
0: about 17.
1: Okay. You know, but she she and I were always very close. She took me to movies and we saw Marlon Brando when I was a little boy in Streetcar Named Desire ah. and On the Waterfront and Montgomery Clift uh, in... Uh, uh, I forget the name of it, um, with Elizabeth Taylor. And, you know, she educated me about actors. I think she actually was the first influence upon me uh, to appreciate acting, great acting. <clears throat> a Place Under the Sun, or the place, in, A Place in the Sun, the Montgomery Clift and Elizabeth Taylor. She, my mother took me to see that. A Place in the Sun with... Uh, Montgomery Clifton he was so sensitive and so beautiful Uh, you know and Marlon Brando and all these wonderful actors my mother introduced me to these to you know acting to we talked you know we'd go on Saturday afternoon or uh, Sunday early at night or something like that you know Uh, it was uh, she's the one who introduced me she also brought me to art museums in New York City I grew up in Long Island she took me to the Museum of Modern Art and you know we and it was a regular thing it wasn't just once in a while so the point that I'm making and she was also a published writer she wrote short stories and she was a painter so And I introduced her to acting when she was 61, but she introduced me to great actors when I was 12. Mm, Yes. So we influenced each other throughout our lives. And um, I had a, I told you, you know, I directed her in three plays and then I got her an agent and all that, you know. Um, here I am segue, segueing back to the subject of my mother, but she was a very important figure, uh, you know, and mind you, I I didn't grow up to be a a mama's boy or anything like that. I, you know, I was a football player. I ran track. I was a New York state high jumping champion. Uh, I ran the sprints, uh, uh, you know, uh. I was a jock. I was an athlete, you know, um, whatever, you know, but my mother's uh, consciousness, her appreciation for poetry and painting and theater and acting, and it was prevalent in my boyhood when I was growing up and it, it left its imprint mm. in my adult years because I chose to be a friggin' actor and a painter and a writer, you know, I took after her, you know. Yeah, with sponges
0: at that in those early years, right? So anything that you can soak up, anything that you see yeah. and witness and experience, it all will, yeah. you know, inevitably <clears throat> leave a footprint on you.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, uh, I had the good fortune of, of having that kind of a mother you know um, my father you know he he was limited by the culture in which he grew up where every man had to be macho and all that bullshit you know uh, and you go to work and it doesn't matter what kind of job just work yeah. it's so stupid you know <laughs> and also the the friggin drinking holy christ what a waste You know, no, I I guess when you live that stupidly, you have to drink. Well, it's funny because
0: like, you watch those old adverts, right? And it's like, you know, people drinking and smoking and it's be like, hey, just, you know, go out and do your job. And you know, it's all this, the narratives that were pushed out back in the day, it's kind of, yeah, Yeah. it's crazy. And you just think, well, It makes sense some people with the way they were is if this is the thing that you're seeing over and over again.
1: Exactly. Most people are not inspired by Mm. life, by life. They're not inspired. It's boring and it's sad. And people are ready to cash it in by the time they're 65 or 70, you know? It's like I've had enough, it's boring, it's repetitious. there's no more future or some bullshit, particularly when uh their sex life disappears, as mine has <laughs> <laughs> you know all that all that goes away, you know. And
0: Does it go away, Ray, or is it just that fear of kind of like we're paying too much money on these kids? As we have, we can't have another one. Let's just, you know, play safe.
1: Oh, <laughs> no, it goes away.
0: <laughs> Don't say that, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: I, I, I think the other, uh, the fear of having another kid. My God, God forbid. I, You know, I think that's part of it too, but uh, I sure as hell don't want to, you know, I don't have that in me anymore, whatever. And it's more comfortable, it's more relaxed. Uh, You know, I'm not on the prowl, (laughs) you know. Well, yeah, these things evolve though, right?
0: Say what? These things evolve, you know, like relationships, they change oh they, yeah because you know when people talk about though yeah when you know they meet someone they'd be like ah i'm so in love and it'd be like well you're not you you lust for this person and after a few months and so that changes and yeah. you know it can develop into something else and then something else yeah. and you you see that so yeah yeah, I, yeah. I, I i'm assuming like you know you get to a point where it's really not about sex you know it's about all these other great connections that you've formed with someone
1: what you're talking about is very profound and i do believe it takes time to get to that point but it does get to that point if you're with each other for a long enough time i've had as i mentioned before i've had the privilege of being with the same woman for 31 years and we've gone through um uh the carnal the we have three kids among ourselves i have one from my first wife so i have four kids but we've gone through an evolution and now we just know we love each other and we support each other Mm -hmm. and we're going to live this thing out we're going to proceed uh backing each other up supporting each other Wow, that's huge to have somebody in back of you who's actually trying to support you. I, I, you know, I, it's like a new discovery for me because <laughs> I've always been used to kind of haul ass myself and uh, to have somebody helping me, give me a break. That's a, like a whole new dis- discovery, you know?
0: Oh, definitely, yeah. it, it makes uh, a big difference.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. That's what love, you know, permanent love is all about, man. And uh, wow, you know, gosh, that's what you do with your, your, your kids. You, it's unequivocal. You, you support your kids 100% because it's physiological. It's, it's, you can't argue with that there's no it's 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 nature to to help your kids to nurture your kids support your kids it's it's what being an animal is all about yeah you know and that's what i am i'm an animal
0: (laughs) well you (laughs) seem to be a filthy animal right
1: (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to tell my director you said that. <laughs> I am a filthy animal. and uh... hey, listen, man, I've had enough of this.
0: I <laughs> know hey, that. I but... have really appreciated your time, Ray. You know, what I mean, this has been great. This has been such an interesting conversation. So it has been
1: fun, hasn't it?
0: Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah so, um. Because I, f- I believe uh, the film comes out on the 1st.
1: On month. when?
0: I think it comes out on the 1st of April. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, so um yeah, this will be going up. Maybe next week? I forget. I forget. What's the... Uh... Oh, sorry. That's...
1: Well, yeah. I'm not going to... I'm not gonna break my balls to see it, so it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I may see it. Who the fuck knows? You know, we'll see. <laughs>
0: no, but yeah, no. I've I've appreciated your time, so thank you very much, man.
1: Oh, I actually I like you, man. You're cool. Thank you. You're sir. ugly as sin, but you're cool. <laughs> You've heard it there. You've heard it here first, people.
0: (laughs) Ugly as sin. Thank you, (laughs) right?
1: Well, you know, I'll tell you one thing, I haven't laughed so much in quite a long time.
0: <laughs> hey, well, that's what it's all about, man.
1: But yeah, yeah.
0: you enjoy the rest of your day.
1: Yeah, um, you too. So, I, um, what's your, tell me your name again? It's Kevin. Huh? Kevin. Oh, Kevin. Yes. And what's your last name? Scott. Kevin Scott. Mm-hmm. That's easy to remember. <laughs> I'll probably never see you again. <laughs> <laughs> but at least I'll remember you. <laughs> Kevin Scott. So should I say goodbye, Kevin Scott? Yeah, I, I guess that's the
0: best way for us to sign off, right? you know I man. Yuri. Okay. okay. <laughs> but All um, right.
1: I look forward to um the next lot of stuff that you create, right? Yeah, that'd be cool. By that time I'll be 95. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or 85 is more likely yeah uh should i say goodbye kevin scott
0: all right man oh uh, first just before you go are you on social media where can people kind of follow what you're doing and you, and by your work what about oh your-
1: yeah let, let me give you my website you ready
0: yes say it now
1: Raymond J. Barry mm-hmm. dot org okay people now that's my website now mm-hmm. let me give you my uh, my watch my what the heck my, Facebook. my what do they call it Instagram you, Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Raymond J. Barry at Yahoo.com email okay yeah, 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 yeah. Raymond J. Barry at yahoo.com
0: okay superb. people
1: you want my cell phone (laughs) don't don't don't
0: give it over the airways
1: (laughs) right oh okay okay that's cool (laughs) okay i didn't realize you can message me
0: man and i'll uh yeah i'll hit you
1: (laughs) if you give me a message on email i'll return the message
0: all right, uh, yeah, I'll, e- I'll email you and then I'll send you, I'll let you know when everything goes up as well.
1: Oh, you know what? That website that I gave you shows uh, not all by any means, but a lot of my painting work and stuff like that, you know.
0: Super. So people can
1: um, buy your stuff from the site? Yeah.
0: Outstanding.
1: Yeah. All right, goodbye.
0: Alright man, thank you very much. Have a great Harding
1: evening. Is such sweet sorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day man. Hey you too, right? I enjoyed talking to you. Splendid. That's always the key to it, right? So um yeah. yeah. Thank you very much, man. Yeah, oh, man. Take Bye. care. Peace.
0: Okay, people, so yeah, there you go Free Bird, right? The new film from uh, Tony Vidal And um, yes, if you want to own this film, check it out It's gonna be there for you on Thursday the 1st of April, people so um, <laughs> mark it in your calendar. All right, go to the um, you know episode right on the website. You can get the all the social details, the website, everything like that. You can watch the trailer, get a vibe for it all. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, do that and go check how um, Raymond's R, You know, his hit looks great. And if you want to look, go watch the video on YouTube, YouTube, people Alright, enjoy And um, we will see you uh, on the next episode Alright, peace